Hey everyone, we've got another episode of The Road to Revenue. Today's episode is trusting and vetting. And we're gonna find out how trusting and vetting is just like giving and receiving. Are they really one? Tweet me at David Meltzer, your favorite takeaway from today's episode, and check the show notes to see how you can text me or email me at any time. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook. Hey, hey, welcome everyone. Over 21 years of private training here every Friday, differentiating in time, but it's 11 a.m. Pacific time right now. Welcome everyone. Remember to put the questions in the Q&A section. We will take questions after the training today. This may be my favorite training and most valuable training that I give. It's the trust and vet training. Uh, people ask me all the time on how to effectuate what we want in personal and professional endeavors. And we have to implement a process of trusting and vetting. And let me talk about the process of trusting first, because you can't give what you don't have. And if you want to be loved, you have to be loved. If you want to find people to trust, you have to be trustworthy yourself. And in order to be trustworthy, you need to have faith. And there's different kinds of faith. You know, there's that green card faith that has a credit limit on it. Uh, faith is a currency, just like money. It's an object of energy that we put into the flow to get what you want. And that green card trust or green card faith of the universe uh, has a limit. And so it provides that limit of not enough. You know, when we have a green card, uh, credit card, we, we can only buy so much. There's not enough. We're a victim. Things are happening to us. And then you got the gold card and the platinum card faith. Uh, that allows us to trust the universe a little more, trust ourselves a little bit more. And that faith allows us, you know, to buy things we don't need, to buy more things we don't need, to buy things to impress people, to buy things to impress people we don't like. We're starting to live for us with that gold and platinum card faith. But I wanna teach everybody today about trust first, the black card faith, black card trust. See, when you believe that you live between limitlessness and infinity, when you believe in a world of more than enough, when you have black card faith, you have no fear, no fear at all. And it's not the fear of losing. It's not the fear of someone lying to you, manipulating you, cheating you, all of these different things that happen in our personal and professional endeavors. It is living in faith that if those things should occur, that I am okay betting it. I'm okay asking about it. And we're going to get into the processes, into the step-by-step -step ways of asking those open-ended questions, of being able to be more interested than interesting, of standing on your own two feet and believing in what you do so much that you vet the crap out of everything that you find important to you within the spectrum that you live. And the first thing with this space is you have to trust the universe with three laws. You have to trust the universe that the law of gravity applies to you, that you are exactly where you're supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time. And then you have to implement and trust the universe that you can put your attention and intention into the coincidences you want by the law of Goya, G-O-Y-A, by getting off your ass by utilizing the desire that you must be what you can be, by enjoying the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential. See, people that don't have faith, people that don't have black card faith, people that don't trust themselves, they start listening to what other people want for them. 
They start listening to what's missing. They start listening for what they don't want. And when they end up with what other people want for them, what they don't want or what's missing, they're so surprised. They're so surprised when they're worried about someone lying to them, manipulating them, cheating them, back and selling them. They don't have that black card faith to live in the law of gravity and the law of Goya. And if they do so, you now can live with the law of allowance and attraction, that you are at the right place at the perfect time, that it's worthy and trustworthy, that you are giving everything that you have, a desire that you must be what you want to be. Not what other people want for you, what's missing, what you don't want, but what you want. And we have to implement those five daily practices to catalyze that law of allowance and attraction that tells us through my own beacon of energy, energetics and genetic energy, through my personality traits, characteristics, obsessions and addictions, I am going to receive all that I need in order to create the coincidences that I want. I am in control through gratitude, which gives me perspective, through forgiveness that gives me peace, through accountability that gives me control. I am learning the lessons from the struggles, the pain, the setbacks, the mistakes, the failures, to angle to what I want as a turn signal, not a stop sign. Pain is not the punishment, right? It's the propeller. It's propelling us to a better place, a better situation, only if you have faith, only if you have trust in the universe, which then gives you trust in yourself. If you trust the universe, you will trust yourself. And if you trust yourself, you will be able to trust others. And the action, the process of trusting others is to have them live up to the vetting process of asking the right questions that may make others uncomfortable, but will not anymore make you uncomfortable. So you do not have to live in the world of liability, of blaming them, of shame, of justification on why a personal professional relationship has not gone the way you anticipated has not ended up maximizing itself in faith or trust. What are these trustworthiness in a pragmatic way? And feel free, look, anyone can email me for the five daily practices or the open-ended question template uh, or this list of trustworthiness, these exercises to trust and vet. One of the practices of being trustworthy yourself, of trusting the universe, is when you say what you mean and you mean what you say because you give meaning to everything you see and it's not what people hear, it's what it's not what you say, it's what people hear and they will hear and resonate the meaning or frequency of you, not of what's missing, what other people want or what you don't want. You must say what you mean and do the same. Walk the walk. So many people lie to themselves. I don't worry anymore. I used to have this terrible need to be offended where so many people would lie to me and I would be so offended that they lied to me. And then I realized, oh my goodness, they can't give what they don't have. You know what? They're just lying to themselves. And I'm a receiver of themselves. I am there. And so if I can teach you to stop lying to yourself, to do what you say and say what you do, to walk the walk, not talk the talk, but to be what you really are and to give meaning to what you do with passion, purpose, and profitability, to be trustworthy, then you will have the confidence to make sure those other people around you, other situations around you are trustworthy as well. In order to do so, you need to be courageous. Not courageous in the respect of asking uh, about things in those questions. That doesn't take any courage, not when you're trustworthy yourself, but it's more about being vulnerable. Being vulnerable is 
an effort of trustworthiness. When you're vulnerable, you're trusting the universe that your frequency is okay. Be vulnerable, build up your vulnerability. I remember when I was with Gary Vee and I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe I told people that I went bankrupt. I can't believe I told people. I'm actually promoting the fact that I lost over $100 million. I can't believe how vulnerable and how I feel so exposed to all of these people. And he said, just wait. Just wait to hear how vulnerable you get when you start to be honest with yourself. How vulnerable and courageous it is to allow yourself to trust the universe that you're exactly where you're supposed to be at the right place at the, at the perfect time. That you and everyone else in this world are ignorant because it is impossible to know everything you need to know. It is impossible with the trillions of universes, with the trillions of pieces of data to know anything hardly. And so there's two classes of ignorance. Uh, one is vulnerable ignorance, humil humble uh, ignorance, where you utilize rule number six, right? Rule number six says don't take yourself so seriously. You don't know what you don't know. And you live in humility and vulnerability by explaining to people that all human beings are ignorant. It would be impossible for them to know everything and impossible to even access or uh, aggregate the data necessary let alone assimilate that data into some sort of practice. So everyone is ignorant, but you are a vulnerable, humble ignorant. Where we're getting into trouble today is that people, because they know a certain thing about their own spectrum, and even though they won't admit they're ignorant in any respect, although they have to be just off of math and the vulnerability of knowing that you don't know what you don't know, that there's trillions of variables and data points. How could I know what I don't know? but you have the ignorant and the arrogant. The ignorant and arrogant says, I know everything. I am separate. I am superior and inferior. I am angry, anxious, frustrated, and worried. I am scared. I have relieved my brain of all his blood so that I can fight and feed and flee and fornicate. I literally am using primal fear as my driver to motivate myself and live in interference, not in inspiration. Vulnerability of ignorance of humility, not ignorance of arrogance, come from the common denominator that all human beings on earth are ignorant. Be a humble, courageous, vulnerable ignorant, not an arrogant ignorant. You do not know what you don't know. It's impossible for us via the weak senses that we're given, the way we touch, feel, smell, hear, and see, to be able to ascertain and access and to assimilate all of the data that's available for anything you think you're an expert at. So be vulnerable and trust the universe. Respect the universe is a matter of uh, trustworthiness. Respect everyone. So in that due diligence or vetting period, we will talk about by having respect for ourselves, we feel very comfortable asking the hard questions. Now, within the context of trusting ourselves, we have to give the benefit of doubt. We have to live in forgiveness. We have to be able to know and try to understand where the other person is coming from and utilize that understanding to find and pray for their happiness if they are lying to themselves and then projecting those lies onto us with maybe good intention, but yet still overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating us personally and professionally, putting us at risk and damage and harm for us and our families and our businesses. 
In order to utilize all of these aspects of trustworthiness, we have to learn to live in emotional intelligence with that energy emotion, our genetics and our genetics align feelings with functionality. We need to express our feelings, especially when it's tough. Totally aligned with forgiveness and vulnerability and the benefit of the doubt and being able to illuminate who we truly are by expressing who we truly are. And remember, who you are is the meaning you give to yourself. We give meaning to everything we see, including who we are, a trustworthy, trustworthy individual living in the law of gravity, Goya, and attraction. And when we express our feelings, we are expressing genius. We are expressing God. And when we are expressing our feelings, we are accumulating and aggregating the mindset, the heart set, and effectuating it through voice, our conscious continuum of who we are and the meaning that we are giving who we are and what we do. In doing so, we command the universe with trust. What does command mean? It does not mean demand. Look it up. Demanding someone is telling them what to do. Commanding someone is sharing with them, working with them, sharing in the successes and the risks and the failures and mistakes, sharing a collective consciousness of reaffirming, recollecting, reminding, and remembering the oneness of all through trust. And trusting the universe allows us to trust ourselves with allows us to trust others. And in the process of trusting others is the allowance of the confidence and clarity of vetting it. Vetting it to see if it's aligned with what we want, who can help us and who we can help, how we're going to get it done and aligned with our value uh, prioritization of now. The what, the who, the how, the now. and allows us to apply our why with black card faith. Those five daily practices I've been giving out with my books, David at dmelzer.com with the open-ended questions template, with my referral template, whatever you need, put the questions in this system here so I can answer them as we complete it. But please reach out to me, David at dmelzer.com. Another part of trusting the universe is counterintuitive. I used to believe, as many other people do, that the more I give, the more I receive. I actually still believe that. But it's worthless if you don't trust the universe. It's worthless if you have nothing to give, in other words. See, when we trust the universe, when we live between limitlessness and infinity, when we live with black card faith, when we're vulnerable and humble and forgiving and express our emotions and all the things that we talked about, when we do that, we are opening ourselves up to receive. See, I believe in shifting the paradigm. It's not the more you give, the more you receive. Before you can give to receive, you have to receive because you can't give what you don't have. And trust is one of those things, as well as forgiveness and gratitude and accountability. We need to receive it to give it. And we see, receive it by trusting the universe, by trusting there's more than enough of everything for everything, for everyone. We need to focus our attention and our intention, what we think, say, do, believe, into what we want, who can help us, who we can help, how we're going to get it done, and prioritize it correctly by what's most important to us according to our what, our who, our how, and our now. Then we can apply the black card faith of why. And if you are willing to receive, you will learn the valuable lesson that giving and receiving are one. That you do not know what you've received until you appreciate it and give it away. 
Remember, appreciation is adding value too. If your house appreciates, it's added value. And we appreciate things through gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. Reaffirming, recollecting, reminding that we are connected to and through the greatest source of love, light, and lessons. And we are here to appreciate it and to give it away and acknowledge. We require the knowledge of what we have. Giving and receiving are one. And this is how trust works. And we need to learn to utilize trust with black card faith to trust the universe so that we can trust others. And now we're going to talk about what does that mean to trust others? See, shifting the paradigm of trusting others would assume that if we trust others, that we would not question. And there's a paradigm that you need to shift right away. See, when you trust others, because you're giving the trust of the universe that there's more than enough of anything and everything, then you are free to point out, <coughs> Woo, excuse me. Then you are free to point out any open-ended and closed-ended questions necessary to clarify whether or not they're aligned with your what, your who, your how, and your now. You can utilize vetting to confirm the level of trust that we have. Now, I use a spectrum of the great chain of feeding in order to effectuate at what level I trust someone. See, the more I question, the more I vet them, the more I know whether they're going to feed me or not feed me or worse, bleed me. And now I can prioritize effectively my what, my who, my how am I now and apply my black card faith to those people that are trustworthy, aligned with my vibration, my frequency, my objective. Because I am always focused my attention and my intention on the coincidences I want. Not what they want, not what other people want, not what's missing or not, what I don't want, but what I want. And so vetting is a process of trusting. So I want everyone to shift that in their life. Let me tell you why. How many of you have been in a personal or professional relationship? And you were talking to someone that was like me when I was young. <clears throat> An overseller, a back-end seller, a liar, manipulator, and a cheat. Somebody that believed their own bullshit. Somebody that lied to themselves all the time with good intention to help other people, believing that I loved everyone, but I was insecure. I hadn't dealt or worked through my black card faith. I was living in the green card faith at times where there wasn't enough of anything. And then I lived in the gold card and platinum card of buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like. Everything was happening for me. Has anybody ever been in that situation when you're talking to somebody that you may even love and you know they're full of shit? They're saying things that just are impossible to be true. Or they're saying things because when people lie, manipulate, cheat, oversell, and back and sell, that they contradict themselves all the time. And you sat there listening and not trusting the universe. Not trusting the universe that you're exactly where you're supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time, that you must be what you can be, and you are in a state of allowance and attraction, and you just let the person lie to you, cheat you, manipulate you, oversell you. And then when it happens, whether it's professionally or personally, you blame them because you are too afraid to have black card faith and ask the hard question. See, we want to trust people. And part of trusting people is acknowledging the hard questions that they're aligned with the what, the who, the how, the now, and applying your why. We cannot live in blame, shame, and justification and allow people to lie to themselves. We need to ask those questions that expose the truth. 
And it's okay if it makes you feel uncomfortable. It's okay if they're not aligned. It's okay if they fall within the spectrum of not feeding you or even bleeding you so that you can use your time on the people that feed you. See, the biggest problem that people have is they spend 80% of their time with things and people and places that bleed them, watching the wrong things, listening to the wrong things, reading the wrong things, hanging out with the wrong people. Even within the context of our family, we're giving all of our energy and emotion and money to the people that bleed us most instead of feeding the people that feed us. I have a huge business client that had a $20 million client and a $2 billion client. And they were spending 80% of their research resources on the $20 million client. And I said, what are you talking about? Why are you doing this? I said, well, the $2 billion client's been with us since we started. They love us. They don't need any help. No, take those resources, put it into the $2 billion client, turn it into a $4 billion client and let the $20 million client go fire them because they're bleeding you. And we do this all the time. It's a matter of living in the liability, not accountability. It's a matter of living in gratitude. When you're betting someone, you're seeking the love. You are seeking the light, the truth and the lessons. That's what's happening. Trusting someone is betting them. You are acknowledging, reminding, or recollecting and remembering the fact that you are exactly where you're supposed to be and you live in abundance. You live with black card faith. So it's okay to ask people when they are lying, cheating, manipulating, overselling, and back-end selling for the truth and giving them an opportunity to acknowledge and illuminate the truth so that they can realign, re-engineer themselves to provide value through gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability so you both can be in spirit, inspired in the flow, providing and appreciating each other. And if not, let them fall away. And if they're intentionally doing, bleeding you, if they're intentionally doing, fire them. Get them out of your life. There's plenty of people around to feed those that are feeding you. Trusting and vetting are one, giving and receiving are one, understanding and acknowledging the law of gravity, the law of Goya, and the law of attraction, knowing that they are one, allows you to ask the hard questions. It's so funny that how many business and personal relationships that I have let gone by knowing that the person was lying to me, cheating me, overselling, back and selling me, and then when things don't work out, I blame them and I resent them. And I attack them with my thoughts and judgments and conditions. <sighs> Look, people who attack you are protecting you. Because people are attacking you. The people that are listening to you have closed minds. And you don't want those people around you. So the aggregators of attack is such a blessing when people have a closed mind and they attack. Then they're protecting you because the people who believe them are not going to be around you either. So all the attackers stay away. And meanwhile, the people who love you search for the seek, the light, the love, and the lessons, the people with open minds, open hearts, and open hands love you more. They're giving power to you because when someone attacks someone that you love, you get defensive and you give them power and you stick up for them, stand up for them, and unite with them. Let the attackers aggregate with themselves, protecting you against them, their attacks, judgments, and conditions by trusting and vetting. Because when you do vet someone, and if they don't have an open mind, they will attack. They will project their insecurities because they're not trustworthy and they can't give what they don't have. You are trustworthy, so you will live in that light. You will not attract those people and you will only attract the people that feed you with the same process of vetting by asking the hard questions, illuminating the truth, coming to a mutual accord, a mutual beneficial accord of value.
utilizing that ability to trust and vet. So many different ways that we can vet people though, right? We can have remote support in vetting, create a certain problem, see how they react. You know, I'll ask and vet uh, when I'm looking for a trustworthy person aligned with my values when I hire them, I'll ask them for the most challenging situation uh, of their life and who is at fault. I can instantly vet whether they're accountable or not, whether they live in gratitude and forgiveness or not. There's so many different ways today to access the process of trust by utilizing black card faith, by asking the difficult questions. It's okay. You know, I'll give you an example. Obviously, I have two-minute drill, our pitch show. We have office hours, but, you know, I always reflect on executive producer of Elevator Pitch, which they're going to be doing season seven of, believe it or not. And, you know, one of the, the people pitching, they talked about, you know, 300% growth in one year. And I said, whoa, 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 stop. How much money did you have in year one? It was very uncomfortable because they only had done a little bit of business. And then I asked more because I live in trust and I trust them. And I wanted to give them an opportunity to illuminate. I wanted to give them an opportunity to be vulnerable, to be honest, to push and seek the truth themselves. So I said, well, if you only did $100 of revenue, and you are promoting that you had 300% revenue increase over the last year, that would only be $300. And yet you're asking for $500,000 investment. Don't you think that isn't aligned with the truth? Using that close-ended question, I gave them an opportunity to be vulnerable and to explain to me that they were nervous and they wanted so much for me to like them and to fund them and that they apologized for making a mistake, and yet and that gained credibility to me. Instead of going below the line and blame, shame, and justification and getting angry and anxious and worried and frustrated, separate, inferior, and superior from vetting process, which, as you know, vetting is part of faith. When you have faith in the truth, you will seek the truth. And when you seek the truth, you will surround yourself with the truth. And the truth vibrates the fastest. It vibrates faster than anything else. And with that black card trust, you know that if you are seeking the truth and enjoying the potential of that truth, of that potential, enjoying the pursuit of that, that you will only end up in a better place, a better situation, and your situation will be better. People are afraid to vet, but the best way to surround ourselves with people with open minds, open hearts, and open hands is to vet with that process of trust. I have seriously narrowed down my scope of vetting into you know three categories really two categories with a subcategory and that category is are you a person with a closed mind most people close mind lie manipulate cheat stale uh do all types of different things or are you a person with an open mind open heart open hands if i can determine through using my open-ended question template uh, which i'm happy to send everyone just like my book ebook audiobook i'll send a book sign it to you pay for shipping Pay for the whole thing, don't worry. But email me, david at dmelter.com. If you want that, you will be able to determine right away whether someone has a closed mind or an open mind. And if they have an open mind, now you can determine whether they are a sponsor, meaning they know someone that can help you, or they're a power sponsor, meaning they can help you and they know someone that can help you. The greatest determination of trust and vet is to find out whether someone has a closed mind or an open mind, which will always have an open heart and open hands. Open hands are 
the acknowledgement of giving and receiving. When you have open hands, you give and receive. They are one with appreciation, acknowledging and letting people know that it is you that is trustworthy, you that carry the black card faith, you that through the process of vetting are acknowledging the trust in both of us and the trust in the universe that you are seeking the truth, the light, the love, and the lessons. Everyone, remember trusting and vetting are the same. Trust everyone with the trust that you have in your heart, your mind, and your soul. And ask the hard questions. Don't go to blame, shame, and justification when you already knew you were being lying to, cheated, cheated at, oversold, and back and sold. Trusting and vetting are one, just like giving and receiving are one. In the way that we live our lives in trustworthiness and giving trust and seeking trust and seeking truth and living truth is simply by vetting the shit out of people. So everyone out there, trust and vet. I promise you that you will accelerate and grow with all the value that you have. All right, we're going to start Q&A um, here today. We will start on the training, and I bless over 50,000 people registered online for training. IG Live training has been kicking butt, and, of course, Clubhouse is ready to rock and roll. First question, do you have a template that you use for vetting people? Yes, I have a template that I use. I will send it to everyone. It will go through all the criteria of trust, black card faith, and how to utilize and what questions to ask. So if you want that template, just email me, get a book while you're at it, ebook, audiobook, I'll sign a book, send it to you, pay for shipping, how to vet people, happy to send that template to you. All right, our first guest, oh, I think he's a birthday boy, Nick Laser. welcome to Clubhouse. Happy Friday, David. Thank you for taking the time and Jake for inviting me up. Uh, my question for you today is when you're looking at potential business partners to partner with, whether it's one of your TV shows or with different events, etc., what are the number or top three things that you look for when vetting those business partners to make sure that they align well with you? Excellent question. Now, my dad had a rule about business partners. I don't necessarily adhere to this rule. But I, I like to say it. My dad always said, um, rule number one of having a business partner is don't have a business partner. Rule number two of having a business partner is if you're going to have a business partner, make sure he has more money than you. Rule number three of having a business partner is if you don't listen to rule one or rule two, go back to rule one. Now, I don't necessarily believe that, right? I believe in vetting the business partner to see what synergistic, supplementary, and complementary aligned skills, knowledge, and desire that person has. And the only way that we can find that out is to utilize the open and close-ended questions that we talked about in the template that I have that allows us to say, so what is your expectations? What do you want to do? How do you do it? Would it help you if? Could you help me with this? Once we determine if the skills, the knowledge, and desire are aligned with synergistic, supplementary to what we need, in order to complement what we're doing, supplement what we're doing, or synergize and align with what we're doing, we can determine and prioritize the value, quantitative value of that partnership, and then be able to effectuate through knowing the perceived value of it and the bottom line value in order to create an agreement, a written agreement between the two of you so that you can remember what you promised to do and live by what you promised to do. It is not a matter of trust. It's a matter of remembering, recollecting, and reminding what we promise to do. See, when we shift the paradigm of trust and allow ourselves to vet in the form and process of trust, 
then we will codify and feel comfortable codifying without offending. We will be comfortable when we codify by asking questions, hard questions, embarrassing, uncomfortable questions, knowing that this just enhances the trust, the black card faith, and allows us to move forward in a commonality, a commanded good together, working with one another in a synergistic, supplementary, and aligned way, complementing your weaknesses and my weaknesses and strengths and weaknesses together to create a collective better value, a quantitative difference, a differentiator in business, in shows, in life, your personal and professional life. Awesome question, Nick. Happy 21st birthday, by the way. So thank you so much for, for joining us. All right, I'll take another question online. Next up will be the amazing Mike Mamola, the NFT god. He'll be up next. Uh, let me take a sip of water and answer the next question. David, what if someone doesn't pass your vetting process? What do you do? Well, first of all, how do we know someone hasn't passed the vetting process? When we determine they have a closed mind, they're out of the game. They fail. When they are an ignorant, arrogant, not an ignorant, humble being, when they have a closed mind, a closed heart, and closed hands, they're out. That's how you know. And if you know because you find out someone has that closed mind, closed heart, and closed hands, that someone is an ignorant, arrogant, not an ignorant, radically humble person, vulnerable person, what we do is we use that powerful chain of feeding and determine upon whether we want them to fall away, which is quite easy these days to let people fall away because there's so many other things, distractions, etc., that people have so many other things going on that it's easy to let them fall away. Or if necessary, we fire them from our lives. We extract the situation. We let them know this has nothing to do about you. This has to do about me that I don't like myself when I'm around you. And therefore, I am not going to be able to spend my valuable, man-made, constructive 24 hours of activity, any portion, part, or piece of it with you. And we don't do that in an offensive way. We do it in a very factual way. And we take full accountability with forgiveness and gratitude in mind to still live in spirit, to live, live with and through, but we do not have to spend our resources, time, emotion, and money with them. Because once they vet out as somebody that is closed-minded, we let them fall away or we fire them from our lives. If you want the great chain of feeding, I'd be happy to send you that as well. So we got open-ended templates, referral templates, of course, the closed-minded uh, and vetting process template as well. Just email me, David, at dmelter.com. All right, next up, the NFT god, Mike Momola. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic, Dave. Nice to speak to you. Funny you mentioned NFTs, right? That's what trust and vet, that's what it's all about, the authentication, verification immediately through technology. That's what's so appealing about it to me. I love the trust and vet. So my question is, what's the life cycle of the trust and vet? In other words, how much of, his, of it is front-loaded? Do you, do you assign a team of some of your employees and staff to say, figure out as much as you can about this person you know, before you become partners with them? And, and if so, how much? Or is it something that you kind of walk into and let that happen organically over time? Or do you go all in initially, you know, especially on bigger deals where you get guys like Nick McKinley and others to go and really vet them, you know, where you're paying companies to do it? How do you make the determination of how heavy to go in on the front and in the, in the very beginning versus letting it go organically over time? Well, most people have this problem and it's that they don't utilize the five daily practices. And so whenever we're trying to figure out this time allotment, this 
valuation of importance in order to figure out how to prioritize things, meaning with my time, emotion, and value, we have to use the five daily practices. More than happy to send that to you, david at dmelter.com, david at dmelter.com. What does that mean? If you know your what every day, and you're not being afraid to be a hypocrite or an ignorant, radical, humble person, a vulnerable person, if you actually, you know, instead of talking the talk, walk the walk and do the daily. And I, and I say that because I coach so many people and this is the answer to so many different things. And I'll say, look, I just know you're not taking this seriously, right? You're lying to yourself. I don't need to vet any further all these people that I coach and all the people that I work with because I can tell by the questions they ask and the attitude and activities that they have that if they just would take the what every day and say, what do I want personally, experientially, giving-wise and receiving-wise? Who can help me and who could I help? How am I going to get this done? They then will be able to prioritize how much time, resource, and value to vet with. Because through that process, you will know that black card faith of applying your why and simply prioritize everything at a higher level. The speed of thought is much faster than the speed of light. The speed of light dictates time, the 24 hours of activity that we get during the day. And if people actually walk the walk and stop lying to themselves and actually practice the daily practices and knew their what, their how, their uh, who, their how, and their now, they would be able to apply the why to what's most important to them. And in that context, they would know what resources to put towards vetting, whether it's simply just letting them fall away right at first by saying this isn't a good fit, please come to my free trainings or whatever else they can uh, do to help them along the way through forgiveness, understanding. But more importantly, when we get to the higher level, bigger opportunities, be able to determine is this worth the 20 you know, percent? Is it worth, as I said, is it one of those things that we're going to go ahead and hire a company to vet them, to ask the hard questions, to use their situational knowledge and experience, to ask the questions that I may not know. But the original qualification of using what, who, how, now, and applying why is to see if they have a closed mind. I can't tell you how much time, emotion, and money I've saved, no matter how big the opportunity is, by using the open-ended template and the five daily practices that I have in order to effectuate and to understand if someone has a closed mind, if somebody's lying to themselves. Because someone that lies to themselves have no problem lying to you. The saddest thing is a lot of people lie to themselves with really good intent. And then it makes it really difficult. This is where we fall into the emotional trap of allowing them to lie to us, manipulate us, cheat us, bleed us even. And it continues on like the $20 million client or the relative or family member that is not doing anything but letting us and diminishing our capacity because they're using an emotional trap in order to effectuate that they have a closed mind, that they live in a world of not enough, or maybe in a world of just enough. We need to live between limitlessness and infinity. We have to understand trust by vetting everyone and having a process using the five daily practice and the open-ended question template to figure out, number one, do you have a closed mind? And if you don't have a closed mind in that open mind, are you a sponsor or a power sponsor? And to what degree are you aligned with synergist or supplementary to my what, my who, my how, my now? Then I can decide where to apply my why. And that's how I become statistically successful, efficient, and effective in what I do by understanding the synergistic supplementary alignment of values. But you're not going to get there unless you take inventory of those values and live in ignorant humility, not ignorant arrogance. 
Thank you so much, my friend, for that amazing question. Thank you. Thank you. You got it, brother. All right, I'm going to take another question online. Next up, Joe Edwards. Thank you, everybody, on IG, on the training, and on Clubhouse for joining us. It is Friday training, trust and vet training. You have been doing this for over 21 years. Um, what is the difference between vetting and perturbation? Now, I learned perturbation from a book that Marshall Thurber wrote called Social Deviance. And the process of perturbation is to illuminate or expose or make someone feel comfortable ineffectuating their true feelings, their truth, um, to be vulnerable. Sometimes people need to be perturbed uh, in order to come out with what they really feel. Uh, part of being trustworthy is expressing your feelings functionally, especially when it's hard or tough, especially when it seems the truth may not be aligned with synergistic or supplementary to the opportunity and the good intentions. We want it so bad that we utilize lying, cheating, overselling, back and selling, manipulating in order to effectuate what we want. And in actuality, it's not gonna end well because in the end, the truth vibrates the fastest. So we use perturbation to perturb a situation so that someone can express their feelings of functionality, which uh, usually is a tough situation. Uh, use the situation of a kid not wanting to tell the truth. You can perturbate them, perturb the situation so they feel comfortable in telling the truth. Now, vetting is a process of trust. Vetting is you yourself feeling comfortable in asking the hard questions or feeling comfortable in perturbating somebody in order to effectuate the truth. So you can tell if they have an open mind or a closed mind to see where there's synergies, alignment, or supplementary value in what you're doing according to your what, your who, your how, and your now, and helping you apply your why, not only to yourself, but to others, which will only increase the efficiency, effectiveness, and statistical success, which will only allow you to live with the perspective and lens of productivity, so you provide more value, accessibility, so you're accessible to others, accessibility and respect of giving or receiving are one so that you can receive what you want to give with appreciation, allowing it to come through you, acknowledging green card faith of living in a world of more than enough of everything with everyone. That is the difference between vetting, which is part of trusting, and perturbation, which is the activity to allow someone to express their feelings of functionality especially when it's tough. All right, next up is Joe Edwards. What do you got for me, Joe? Hey, how are you, my friend? Thank you so much for taking it. I really, truly appreciate all the info you're giving. It's it's genuinely, genuinely, genuinely appreciated. My question is this. I am uh, attempting to learn at the speed of instruction, and you are an inspiration to me. And uh, what I'm really looking to do overall is looking at the lens of everything that I'm seeing right now through my life, through the teachability index, my willingness to change and my willingness to, uh, to learn a little bit more effectively and getting more in alignment. So anything that you use or, or techniques that you use that's helped you personally to just help expand yourself, getting in more alignment. I'm trying to get, into, I, I shouldn't say I'm trying, I'm actually, uh, I've, been in higher vibrational alignment and and going through a lot and very in a very growth mindset right now and just wanted to get your 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 take on that yeah so for me i use the cancel clear connect technique in order to open my own mind because what closes my mind are the ego-based consciousnesses uh of the triggers of the ego and the negative energy of people places things in content anything that may 
create interference between me and what I already am. See, once I acknowledge I am healthy, happy, worthy, and wealthy, and shift my paradigm to not trying to go get happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, but instead to figure out what's interfering with it, I then can utilize Cancel Career Connect as the technique to what? Cancel the interference, clear the interference, and connect to the greatest source of light, love, and lessons. The Cancel Clear Connect is just a practice of canceling any negative thoughts, people, et cetera, using the great chain of feeding in order to indicate who and what is feeding and bleeding us. And then the clearing is realizing the repetitive nature of certain genetics and energetic ideas, thoughts, and things that come through our subconscious, which is 40,000 of the same thoughts that appear every single day that we access. And so when we can't let something go or something keeps bothering us and our thoughts won't change it, I want to clear my thoughts. I want to change the aspect of my intermediate memory of those subconscious thoughts. I want to clear it by taking action and doing good deeds and being positive, which is the best way to shift that paradigm of intermediate memory of the subconscious storage of those 40,000 of the same thoughts, some which have been inherently negative and just reinforce a story that creates interference between us and the light, the love, and the lessons. And then the process of connecting of finding light in everything, letting it parallel something that contains that light naturally, energetically, and genetically, so we can cover ourselves and shift our energy. I am happy to send everyone the Cancel Clear Connect in my book, ebook, audiobook. I'll sign that book. It is a main cornerstone of connected to goodness. If you learn the practice of canceling, clearing, and connecting, you will open your mind, your heart, and your hands. You will live in the law of gravity, gravity Goya and attraction, you will allow everything to come through you with appreciation, providing more efficiency, effectiveness, and statistical success, productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. You will have so much value, so much power, so much light coming through you with appreciation for others that you will shift the paradigm of giving, that you truly understand that I have black card faith, that there's more than enough of everything for everyone that comes through me for everyone else with good intent and allowing you to be trustworthy so that others will be trustworthy around you, giving you the confidence to ask the hard questions, vet them, perturbate them, and allow the truth to transcend because the truth will always come out because it vibrates the fastest. Thank you so much. What a great question. Yeah, you're a true inspiration. Thank you so much. You got it, my friend. All right, I'm going to take another question online in the webinar. Appreciate all the 50,000 people that have registered for the webinar, the IG crowd out there. I appreciate you and, of course, our Clubhouse group. Next guest up is our sales guru expert. Can't wait to have a question from you. But first, let me take a question on uh, the webinar. Why do you use templates? Well, that's easy because I believe in the 12 lessons that have been created before writing. There's 12 lessons of Sanskrit. And these 12 lessons go through why I use templates. And the reason is, is I've been given the body with faulty senses. I don't think right, but let alone I don't think right because the data input of my eyes, my ears, my nose, my mouth, and my touch are inaccurate. They're faulty. And so I have to utilize templates to remind, remember, and recollect how I'm supposed to do things efficiently, effectively with statistical success. I use templates so that I remember access the lessons that I've learned. You see, the Sanskrit states and those lessons of the Sanskrit state, which I'm happy to send to you, but they state that life is about lessons. The lessons will keep on coming until we learn them. Pain will indicate that we have lessons to learn. We will forget every lesson we've ever learned, but you have the power to access those lessons, even lessons you haven't learned by utilizing techniques like templates. 
That's why I give all the templates and the books out, the exercises, the guides. These trainings are reminders, recollections, and remembrances of what we are capable of accessing, lessons. And these stories that I tell are the ability that I have to help you hear those lessons, to plant seeds under trees that we may never sit under, to empower others, to empower others, to be happy, to make more money, help more people and have more fun, to create abundance, to live in a life of black card faith and more than enough of everything for every one, to live between limitlessness and infinity, to be happy and to empower others to do the same. That's why I use templates. Feel free to reach out to me, david at dmelcher.com for my books and my templates. I'm happy to share them. I will pay for everything. Please don't worry. Just email me, david at dmelcher.com. All right, the sales guru expert, you're up. How are you? Hello, David. Thanks for bringing me up. I'm really humbled to be on this stage. Hello, everybody in the room. I really appreciate everything you're saying, David. I think you're an inspiration to me and everybody that is listening to you. You know, um, what can I say? You've um, pretty much, you know, answered all the core questions, you know. And for me, I really believe abundance is our birthright, you know. Um, whatever we conceive, we can achieve if we actually, you know, surround ourselves with like-minded people that we can pretty much align with. You know, um, my question to you, David, is pretty much what career mistake has ever given you the biggest lesson? Oh, my goodness. I will tell you the biggest lesson and mistake that I still make um, is not asking for help. See, by thinking I know that I don't live in ignorant humility, but I live in ignorant arrogance that I actually know what I think I know. And the biggest mistake that has always interfered with the best that I can be, with my desire to be what I must be, to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential is not taking the time, I know my what, but to find my who. Not only who I can help, but who can help me. The biggest lesson that I've learned is you have to accelerate what you're doing and what you want by finding someone that sits in the situation that you want to be in and ask them for directions. We are afraid to receive and we are afraid to live in ignorant humility. We live in ignorant and uh, radical humility, but we live in ignorant arrogance by not asking for help. Whether I was 13, 23, 33, 43, or today I am 53, not actually today, but as I stand here, I'm 53 and a half or so. I know it's Nick's birthday. He's turning 21. But more importantly, I stand here telling myself and reminding myself, remembering and recollecting that I am connected to and through everything, and I need to ask for help because I am ignorant and humble, not ignorant and arrogant. Ignorant in the stance that I don't know what I don't know, just like everybody else that's around me, but I'm not going to be arrogant anymore and not ask for help. I am going to be vulnerable and humble and say there is somebody that is already where I want to be. I'm going to ask them for directions. The number one mistake that I keep making again and again and again in my life is I don't ask for help. And here's the saddest thing, my friend, that when we ask someone for help, we make them feel good. I love when people ask me for help. That's why I give my email out to everyone, david at dmelcher.com. Get the templates, the books. Please ask me for help. I gave out my cell phone number. I did this huge event in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis called the Summer Camp. And I said, everybody, you know, I'm going to do something. I'm going to give out my cell phone, 858-688-3294. 
And guess what? I'm going to tell you you're not going to call me because the biggest mistake that people make and the hardest thing to do is ask for help. And none of you are going to call me. In fact, I've done this for years and the most I've ever gotten is three phone calls. And please don't text me. I got a text number. But for my efficiencies, call that cell phone I gave you and leave me a message if I don't answer. For the first time ever, this Black Card Faith group, the Black Diamond group in Indianapolis, I got over 20 phone calls. Now, admittedly, there's about 500 people. And you would have thought I got a lot more. But that sure beats the old record of three people. Ask for help. The biggest mistake that I keep on making since I've been 13, or probably even before that, is I was too afraid to ask for help. I am not living at all times in ignorant humility, but I have ignorant uh, arrogance. Just spend minutes and moments in ignorant arrogance and move over with vulnerability and illumination into ignorant humility. Ask people, take the time to be more interested than interesting. Let's sit in the situation that you want to be in and ask for help. I know you know this with the open-ended, closed-ended question, being a sales guru expert like yourself, that the best thing we can do is ask for help, ask for information, and figure out how we can be of service or value and how they can be of service or value to us. Does that sound fair? Absolutely, David. I really, really appreciate that. Many thanks, you know. Um, I just thought, you know, everything you just said right now, I've just been noting a lot of things down, you know, because I try to listen and learn as well. Um, the last question I'm going to ask you is pretty much, you know, um, what, what, what would you reckon your biggest fear is? The power that I have. My biggest fear is what I'm connected to and through. When I get glimpses of infinity and limitlessness, when I get glimpses of why I have enough power in my pinky to light up all of Manhattan, when I get glimpses of the truth and when I clear the interference and truly feel the truth coming through me, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of the light, the love, and the lessons that have the power of that connection. And I do things through my ego because I'm afraid of how much power I have to diminish my capacity so that I now deny others my capability of lighting them up. And I use my ego as an excuse to interfere with the power that I have, not only between me and the source of power, but me and other people to light up them and to liberate them to shine their light. We are all connected through and to the greatest source of power, light, and love. Don't be afraid of it. When I came up with the idea, an inspired idea that gave me chills and the hair stood up on my arm as I was walking the beach trying to solve a problem of how my daughter's 12-year-old daughter's friend would commit suicide, how could unhappiness be such a problem when I was so happy and I figured out the mechanisms of values and five daily practices to make more money, help more people, and have more fun, and to be happy? How could I, when I thought about change the world, empower over a billion people to be happy, knowing that a collective consciousness of abundance and happiness, that one particle of light would overcome a million particles of darkness, I immediately was terrified. I was terrified of everyone laughing at me, scoffing at me, making fun of me, asking if I thought I was Jesus Christ or Tony Robbins, who may be the same person, by the way. I was terrified of my own power. And I'm so glad that I cleared that interference so that no longer am I diminishing my light. There's a saying in South Africa, don't let people piss on your chips. I am no longer letting people piss on my chips. I do not care what other people think I should have or what they want for me or what's missing or what I don't want. I am now liberated all but minutes and moments every day, all but minutes and moments every day to pursue the pursuit, pursue the 
my potential, to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of that potential, to have the desire that I must be what I can be, to empower people like you, sales guru, expert, to empower others, to empower others, to make more money, help more people, and have more fun, to be happy. Thank you so much. Let me take one last question online. we got about three minutes left. If I have time, oh, no, uh, Hajar, just stay on, on uh, call. I probably won't have time, but uh, let, let me go ahead and read this one. What are some ways to help people get comfortable with the uncomfortableness when it comes to asking open-ended type questions that are perturbating or insightful to bring truth to the light? Woo! You got to practice it. You got to practice it because it's uncomfortable. And the more you have faith in the universe and faith in the black card and faith in the fact that you do not want to be around people who lie to you, cheat to you, manipulate you, and, and all of these other things, that you are actually doing yourself a favor, reaffirming, reconnecting, and realigning with the truth by asking for the truth and allowing someone to live in ignorant humility, not ignorant uh, arrogance. When you see that truth and vetting are one and that you trust everyone by vetting the shit out of it, that will change everything. And you will start feeling more and more comfortable perturbating and allowing people to share their light, not letting them live below the line and blame, shame, and justification. All of these different things. I want to thank everybody today for joining me. We have... Next week's topic is going to be BYOQ, that's Bring Your Own Questions, coordinated with the Breakfast of Champions, 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. All of the replays are on every platform, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere, the playbook. If you have not downloaded the playbook and gotten all 21 years of trainings and what I've learned through billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers, make sure you download the playbook. Tonight, featured on Bloomberg TV and on Amazon Prime, two-minute drill, $50,000 of, of cash and prizes, sorry. There, every episode, we are taking applications for season number three, which we're filming in November. So please apply if you want to win that money. Office Hours also premieres this fall on Bloomberg and Amazon, October 15th. Email me for the guides, replays in my book, Trust and Vet Guide, Open-Ended Question Guides, The Referral Guide, Connected to Goodness, creating the life you love, compassionate capitalism, whatever you want, david at dmeltzer.com. What a blessing it's been to share this hour with everyone. Remember, most importantly, one last thing, we are doing a free event with Master Shaw on August 31st. So email me if you want to join us, learn how calligraphies changed my life and tracing calligraphies. Remember, most importantly, though, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Thank you so, so much.